Star Wars 7x7, episode 475. Today we're talking about reactions to the Star Wars The Force Awakens trailer and, yeah, a little side note about this whole boycott business. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Trisha Barr, author of Ultimate Star Wars and host of Fangirls Going Rogue, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and if you have not had a chance to see fan reactions to the Force Awakens trailer, then I definitely (laughs) recommend you do a search for stuff like this. You know, I was not really hip to the whole fan reaction situation until I think it was Game of Thrones with the Red Wedding thing, and I won't do anything uh, spoiler-wise for you if you have not seen Game of Thrones, but you are interested in catching up on that. <laughs> I won't spoil the surprise for you. But the gist, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, is this, that a bunch of people who actually read the Game of Thrones novels knew what was coming in the Red Wep- Wedding episode, <laughs> and they videotaped or video recorded their uh, friends and family and loved ones and whatnot as they were watching <laughs> Game of Thrones and the particular episode and posted the most amazing <laughs> reactions. People bawling in tears, screaming, swearing, cursing, all sorts of crazy stuff. And I can't say I've seen anything that insane over The Force Awakens, although I've seen lots of excited folks. And I think probably my two favorites. All right. So, yeah, I guess this is kind of biased, but whatever, (laughs) it is what it is, is seeing Daisy Ridley and John Boyega post their reactions to the trailer. And I just, I think about what it must be like to be in their shoes and to be on set and delivering the lines. And sure, you know, you're with the actors and you're with the props and the sets and you have some sense of the history of it. But all you're really doing is just talking. Like, there's no John Williams score behind you. You know, if you're firing a blaster, there's no actual laser coming out of it. So there's so much that's left to their imagination. And for as much as we are excited about it, can you imagine what it must be like to see yourself become a part of The Force Awakens with the soundtrack, with the special effects, with all of the incredible atmosphere added to everything? What a an overwhelming experience that must be. And we got both ends of the spectrum with it, with Daisy Ridley tucked up in a B&B in bed and crying <laughs> with happiness at seeing the trailer. And on the other side, John Boyega getting so excited that he ended up jumping over the back of the couch. Really funny stuff. Now I got to say, if somebody had been filming me when I was watching the trailer for the first time, sad to say they would not have seen me jumping around. <laughs> <laughs> like that like crazy because I was browford intent on absorbing every single aspect of the trailer. Of course, I was going to watch it over and over and over and over again. And probably I should have considered the idea of just watching it once as a fan. But I wanted to drink that thing in as deeply as I possibly could. And the next day after the trailer came out, I had my boys watch it, uh, Scorekeeper Ducklin and Quizmaster Joe, because they, of course, were already in bed by the time the trailer had debuted. So I showed it to them, and (laughs) I actually filmed them as well. But strangely enough, (laughs) I guess like father, like sons, they also didn't have much of a reaction until at the very end when Finn lit up his lightsaber and Scorekeeper Ducklin said, Finn gets his lightsaber? 
and he was super excited about it. He was that was the the one emotion that either of them showed, and I of course immediately realized that I was not doing my duty as a parent and Star Wars father. <laughs> Because I hadn't shown him the Instagram clip where Finn ignites the blue lightsaber for the first time. And that was released back in August. So there's a couple months that I've been holding out on Scorpio Declan. I didn't let him know that Finn got a lightsaber and gets to wave it around. But the other thing that jumped out at me as I marveled over Scorpio Declan's reaction to Finn getting the lightsaber is that, of course, there was no anger. There was no resentment. There was no bizarre righteous indignation that, you know, why would a black man have a lightsaber? My gosh, what a crazy thing to think. None of that. Absolutely none of that. And we live in New Hampshire. (laughs) You know, it's not exactly the picture of racial diversity. Declan is born and raised in a state that is 94% white. One of the whitest states in the nation. I think it's actually in the top three along with Maine and Vermont. And it just reminds me, and this is such a simple thing, that hate is learned. You have to teach people to hate other people. It's as simple as that. I mean, you take me. I mean, I'm a straight white male. I guess I'm in theory supposed to be the kind of person who is most threatened by the diversity in the Star Wars cast. And you know what? I'm not looking up there and saying I don't see myself. I'm seeing people who are living out an incredible adventure. And yeah, I can cast myself into that regardless of whether the hero is female, regardless of whether the hero is black, regardless of any of that stuff. Now, among other things, the boycotters are screaming about the political correctness that is invading all of these uh, science fiction properties, because I guess there's been a huge thing about the Hugo Awards now and and some uh, gaming of the system that's happened there. And they're on about a host of other things. God only knows. I don't even want to dignify it really much more than I already am by doing this. But it's not political correctness. It's common human decency. And the whole diversity thing, well, gee whiz. I mean, maybe there's a place where the whole write what you know axiom that they give to writers, you know, makes sense. And, you know, if you've only grown up around white people, then write for white people. (laughs) I mean, you know, there you go. But... We're not telling a story in Star Wars that is for white people only. We're telling a story for any type of person. And that is, I think, above all, what these boycotters just don't get. And you know what? I'm fine if they don't want to go see the movie. I would rather not share the theater with them. Stay home. It's okay. We don't mind. (laughs) And that is all I'm going to say about that. All right, let's wrap it up with some trivia. Dangerous and disturbing this puzzle is. Last time we asked you where Han would find a new definition of pain and suffering, according to C-3PO's translation, and that is in the belly of the Sarlacc. Today's question, what do Jawas sleep inside of? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge a Jedi holding the high ground, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a triple amputation, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2015 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!